0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I want to welcome you wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. My name is uh, Ed Luther. I'm the senior pastor at City Church here on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, I hope that today's message will elevate you in uh, expectation and also bring you something Uh, of of the joy of God into your life. We just finished Easter, and one of the things about big events like Easter or big uh, uh, um, celebrations is that I really look forward to them. I'm the kind of person that really looks forward to Christmas. I really look forward to Easter. I really look forward to my birthday, even though I'm getting older. Uh, But one thing that I don't really look forward to is the finish of the event that I'm really looking forward to. And uh, what I wanna talk about today is, I've entitled it, After Easter. The down after the high. A lot of us don't like that. We like the high, we like the anticipation. Uh, I'm a sports kind of guy and I like to watch American football. I love the playoffs, I love build up to the Super Bowl. But what I don't like is when the big event is finished. It's like, ah. what are we gonna do now? And our, our spiritual life can be a lot like that. We have anticipations for things that we're expecting to happen, promises in, the, in, in scripture that we're standing on, uh, perhaps uh, big services or friends, uh, lots and lots of things that, that we're anticipating that we have a buildup for that often they'll come and then uh, there's a crash after that, kind of like a bad uh, hope hangover, if you will. It's just the nasty bite for whatever it is. Perhaps with the COVID-19 thing, you were anticipating certain things. There was a buildup. Certainly Easter looked different this year than other years, and a lot of other things look different. Uh, and that anticipation can be a little bit like a roller coaster. Uh, one of my favorite rides, if I go to some place like Disneyland, is I, I just love the roller coaster kind of rides, and and, and going up the roller coaster, if you if you've ever been on one, uh, you know your you, your your adrenaline is pumping. You you can hear the the clogs kick in and the thing. tick, tick, tick and you're climbing up that thing, you're looking, man, this thing's going to be, uh, it's high, and it's going to be a big trip down, and and you get to the top, and it's like, you know, if you're really brave, you put both hands up in the air, everybody's screaming and yelling, you can feel your stomach go through your mouth, and, and you're on your way down, you know, it's such a rush, And and sometimes life is like that. We get the rush of anticipation. We get the high uh, of the event. But then things uh, often, we go back down into like the valleys of life. Well, the disciples were like that. They had the uh, roller coaster ride, if you will. They had the ride up with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We celebrated that with Palm Sunday. And they're 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 on a high because their best friend is the Messiah. Their their best friend is a miracle worker. Their their best friend it seems like can do nothing but produce miracle after miracle. And now he's riding into the city, and the crowds are there, and they're shouting Hosanna. And they've got like a backstage pass to the big event, and, and they're they're with him, and their hero is 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 riding in there, and, and they're riding that up, and then he's crucified. They hit the top, and now they're back at the bottom, their best friend, their hero, the Messiah. uh, All of the things that were promised, all the hopes and everything else just seem to be totally dashed as they're seeing Jesus on a cross brutalized and suffering so severely, and people insulted him and pulled out his beard, put a crown of thorns on his head, a sign above, you know, king of the Jews, and and, and spitting on him, and, and all of these terrible things. And so they find themselves, after riding that up, they're not, now they're down, but then they ride back up again because Easter happens, and Elevation happens and resurrection happens, and now their best friend is back on top again. He's raised from the dead. Wow, that's awesome. But what happens after Easter now is another event that I want to talk about and how that relates to us and our relationship with God. I want to look at several aspects, and I've entitled this, and I believe it'll be more than just today's message. I've entitled it After Easter, After Easter, the same God, the same Jesus, but a few things have changed. The way that he's relating to them has changed now after Easter uh, compared to how he related to them before Easter. Before Easter, they walked with him. There's a physical Jesus. They're talking with him. You know, they're probably laughing. I can't imagine Uh, 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 Jesus and, and, you know, the Son of God, the the one that created the whole universe. I cannot imagine him without a sense of humor. A lot of people think about Jesus. He's somber. He's walking around. You know, everything's low down. He's kind of quiet. Whispering little things. No friends. There were huge crowds following him, and his disciples loved hanging out with him. And he made all the funny things that we see in the world, including you and me. And uh, he's got a great sense of humor, and 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 hanging out with him was just incredible. But now something has changed. After Easter, something has changed, and and I want to tap into that. So we just finished Easter here, and. You know, uh, I I, I encourage you to go back and and get the message on how to believe. But after Easter, we pick it up. There is a very unpredictable side uh, of Jesus. We'll pick it up in John 21, verse 1. It says this After Jesus appeared again, to his disciples. Now this is the third time that he appears to them after the resurrection. First time was uh, at the empty tomb. He appeared to the women. Uh, they were there. He, he looked like a gardener. They didn't recognize him. Second time he appears, which I think is amazing. He appears to, uh, to them about eight days later in a room. And he mainly makes his appearance because somebody was missing uh, the first time that he appeared to them, and that was Thomas. And, and, and Thomas is known as the doubter. In fact, he's here now in John 21. He appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it, it happened this way. Verse 2, Simon Peter telling us who is there. So Simon's one of those guys, man, everybody else is going to forsake you, Lord, but I'm going to be there. And uh, he's the first one to deny God, but he's back on track now again. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means the twin. So he must have had uh, perhaps a twin brother or something. But he's known as Doubting Thomas. And then it says Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John. Uh, they were also known as the sons of thunder. And uh, two other disciples uh, were together. So these guys are together. And Jesus comes back for Thomas. I think that's worth pausing to celebrate because it means that even though you might have your doubts, even though you're not always you know, full of faith and, and, and you know, full of zeal for, like the Sons of Thunder or something like that, you might be, I don't know, I, I, this is taking a while. This isn't playing out the way that I thought it was gonna play out. You might be uh, like Thomas or perhaps you can identify with Thomas. I certainly can, and, and there are just times in my life where I can identify with him, but the good news is Jesus came back for Thomas. Jesus comes back even when you're doubting, even when you don't have the zeal, even when you when you're not full of faith, he came back for them. And so the roller coaster ride continues on, and now they find themselves at kind of a low point. Again, they're, they're all excited because they're going home. Galilee is their home. And they're they're going back to friends and family. And, and there they're thinking, well, we're going to meet up with Jesus. We're going to resume the friendship. Uh, we're going to be talking, probably going to see more miracles on the road. They're, they're probably laughing. They're, 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 they're walking from, uh, you know, where they were in Jerusalem. They're walking to Galilee. I've been to Galilee. It's, it's you know, it's quite a little journey. And, and, uh, and their joy is at an all-time high. But they're about to go to an all-time low. So day after day starts to pass on now because they, they, they get to Galilee. In fact, Jesus had told them at the, at the uh, tomb, he told the women, he says, go and tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. That's in Mark 16, 7. And so they go there full of anticipation, full of excitement on the promise that Jesus gave. In fact, he gives that same promise again in, in John 16:16 16, 16 to 18. He told them while he was with them, in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. And they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. And the reason was because, a little while is taking a long while. This is taking a long, long time. I don't know if you've ever waited for someone to show up. Uh, you, you, you make some arrangements, you make some plans, you, you've, you've got it all nailed down, you think, okay, you know, this is going to be good, we're going to be meeting at this time on this day, and uh, you're anticipating that person's going to be there, you know they're a person of their word, and they don't show up. And you're looking at your watch, and then you start to think, well, I wonder if I got it wrong. And so you try to ring, but maybe you can't get through. Nobody answers on the other end, and you're just stuck there. That happened to me once in Brazil. I was at the Amazon. I was preaching in a town right at the uh, beginning of the Amazon there and on the outer fringes of it and staying at a hotel called the Hotel Parana, which means piranha which is the little fish in the Amazon that eat you if you fall in the water. And uh, I got dumped off there after a really long bus ride. And I mean a long bus ride from uh, another town in Brazil. And uh, it was the middle of the night. I mean, it was like 2 a.m., something like that. It was winter. It wasn't that cold because it was the Amazon. But, uh, you know, dark, and I don't speak Portuguese. I was kind of muffling my way through it. And and, uh, so the bus stopped. I got off. A few other people got off, they left. I'm standing there, and there's some very, very dubious, dark characters that are watching me, uh, standing there by myself with my luggage. And, uh, and I was aware they're watching me. And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool, because the place where I was gonna preach, the pastors were, uh, it was all teed up, <laughs> they were gonna meet me there, and uh, everything's gonna be sweet. Well, an hour goes by, no show. <laughs> Two hours go by, no show. Three hours go by, no show. Then people are arriving for the next bus that was going to go somewhere else. And uh, this guy saw me there, and, and he, was, uh, he spoke some English, and very broken English. And uh, he said, uh, uh, can I help you? And I said, yeah, you certainly could." And so I gave him the number of the person who was supposed to show up to get me. He rang that number, and they'd canceled they had canceled the plans, and they told the person that arranged my itinerary, but the person that arranged my itinerary didn't tell me. So I'm standing there in the middle of the night, so I went back with this person uh, who was actually military, which is good, and uh, you know, took me back to their house, and they helped me, and got things sorted out, spent the night, got, took another bus out. But I remember the sinking feeling of just standing there waiting for a person to show up, This is taken ridiculous, they're supposed to be here. You know, feelings of anger, feelings of disappointment, feelings of despair feelings of absolute, sometimes fear. You know, all of these things were rushing through me. And I can imagine these disciples, as they're waiting for Jesus, he said, in a little while, I'm going to meet you there in Galilee. We're going to go to our favorite fishing spots. We're going to, we're going to eat some of the best fish in the world that come out of the the Sea of Galilee. We're going to hook up with families and friends and, you know, good times. We're, we're going to share the miracles. People are going to see Jesus do more miracles. This is the most incredible thing, and yet it doesn't happen. It doesn't play out the way that they thought. The one thing about God and Jesus is the unpredictability. You can't write a script about your life, and you can't write a script about how God's going to do whatever he's going to do in your life. Uh, most of us unless you're incredibly intuitive or perhaps a prophet, would not have predicted this this virus and, and the impact on the world. If A few months ago, if you would have said to me, you know there's going to be something coming that's going to shut down the whole world, all the economies of the world. There's not going to be any sporting events. There's not going to be any concerts. This is going to cause... Uh, incredible unemployment worldwide. There's going to be so many people that die as a result of this. If, if somebody would have told me this is going to happen in just a few weeks, I would have said, you're mad. That's not going to happen. But the script of life, uh, it's not predictable. And the way that God enters is not predictable either. The thing that I always remember, and I really want you to remember this as well, is that God might be predictable in the way that he uh, arranges things, in the way that he shows up, so to speak, to answer your prayer, but God is incredibly predictable in his love for you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, not even until the ends of the earth. How how big is the love of God? How, how wide, how, how, how deep, how high? You cannot even comprehend it. Nothing can measure how much love that God has for you. Though, though it looks unpredictable, and it is, his love is incredibly predictable for you. And these disciples are going through this this, this, this a roller coaster of emotions and hope and despair. Hope deferred, it says, makes the heart sick, and they're doing these things. Perhaps you find yourself there right now in your situation wherever you are listening to this right now. Perhaps you can identify with after Easter because you are looking forward to so much, and now it just seems like these things are just dashed. This is not playing out the way that I thought. Well, the good news is there is hope you don't have to try to tackle jesus or you know predict where he's going to show up next you just have to acknowledge the fact that he's never gone anywhere the fact is that god hasn't moved God is still with you. In fact, he's even in you if you have his spirit. God has not gone anywhere. It's usually us that have gone someplace in our thinking, in our expectation. We've moved. We shifted out through despair, through discouragement. We've moved off the course of just following God and, and staying close to God. It's us that moves, not God. And so I want you to have a time this, this today that you would just refocus again and, and, and get your faith back into the now, because the Bible says now faith is uh, the substance of things hoped for. I, I love to quote this, uh, 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 the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes because we can't see it, we think that he's not there, that he's absent, that he doesn't care. That is not true. No matter what the situation is, he cares about you so much. It says that Jesus is is easily touched, the Bible says, with the feelings of your infirmity, with the feelings of your weakness. He is easily touched, not hard touched. You don't have to, you know, go way out there to get his attention. He is easily touched easily moved by the feelings of your weaknesses and what you're going through. God is right there with you the whole time. We just often don't see it. These guys are going through uh, this incredible roller coaster. And then finally, in uh, John 21, and verse 3, we read verses 1 and 2, Peter, Peter reaches a place where he says this. He goes, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them and they said we'll go with you and so they went out and they got into a boat but that night they caught nothing the temptation when we don't see the evidence of God's presence the temptation when the thing that we're waiting for the te- the Temptation when the build-up, the anticipation hits a crescendo, and we're on our way down again, so to speak. The temptation is to get into our own flesh, to get into, to work it out in our own uh, strength, and, and this is where they're at they're going to go fishing. I love the fact here that I am going fishing is actually, uh, listen to this, it's in the infinitive verb form, meaning this. When When Peter said, I am going fishing, he was actually saying, I am going fishing from now on. You have to remember that Peter's vocation when he encountered Jesus, he was a fisherman. He made his living catching fish. Uh, you, you might remember the uh, encounter that he had with Jesus on the shores of Galilee, and uh, he borrowed the boat. They went out there. He said, uh, cast the net down into the deep, and Peter does that and pulls up a catch that's so big that they can hardly drag it in, and uh, this was burned into Peter's, uh, his memory, and, and now they thinking, well, we're going to go out I'm going to go catch a bunch of fish. I'm going to go back and make my living. Uh, I'm not going to wait here. I'm, I'm impetuous. I'm, I'm tired of waiting. and My patience has run out. I'm going back to fishing for a living. And the disciples said, we are going back with you. I'm going back to my own job. I've had it with God. Uh, the disciples they've had it with God. They've all had enough of following Jesus because he's not showing up the way that they thought when they thought he was going to show up. This is not the script that we have written in our imagination. I I, I have encountered this so many times where I've kind of imagined something was going to play out the way that it was going to play out, And this has happened over and over and over, but not played out the way that I thought it was going to play out. Disappointment knocks at the door. Discouragement knocks at the door. All of these things knock at the door. And I can only say, if that's knocking at your door right now, stay with God. Stay on God's side. It's going to be better than what you thought. I remember I was in my 30s. I was 30 years old uh, when I met my wife in Wagga Wagga. And I remember my heart's desire was, God, I want to be married. I don't want to be a single guy my whole life. Everybody had said, ah, you're going to be a bachelor. You'll never get married. And the way I was traveling around preaching all over uh, Australia and some places of the world, it, it looked almost like this is never going to happen. And yet, I had prayed, and I really felt that God wanted somebody. God had somebody for me. And, uh, but it just looked like, you know, hope deferred was causing my heart to be sad. And, uh, but I, I kind of said, okay, God, you know, uh, if, if, if you don't show up when I want you to show up and, and uh, for whoever it is, then I'm going to serve you anyway. I'm going to stay on your side. And lo and behold, uh, uh, Christmas uh, weekend, I think it was, in 19. 19- 86 in Wagga Wagga, I turned around and said hello to the most beautiful woman that I've been married to now for 30-something years, and, uh, you know, we had a wedding. It was fantastic, and, you know, haven't looked back, but I remember that God did something amazing, but it wasn't the way that I thought he was going to do it. You might be here, and you might be waiting on God for healing, You might be like uh, my friend Nancy Walmsley in Melbourne, who I prayed for back in 1986. I was staying at their house, and uh, Nancy had had uh, a respiratory disease. She'd had severe asthma since she was a child. And I remember being with her and sharing the good news of God. She was a Christian. She was following Jesus, but had not heard about God's will to heal. And Uh, as I shared the word of God and and I opened up scriptures to her, I said, can I pray for you? This looked impossible. She was like five years old. She had the asthma her whole life. And now she was probably, you know, in her fifties. It wasn't going to happen. But, but, but God had another plan. God had a script, but it wasn't the script that perhaps you know most of us would have written. So I asked her, "Can I pray for you?" I prayed for her, and uh, her, her nephew, John, who's a good friend of mine who I am in contact with you know a, a lot, every time we, we get together, he, I, I ask him, "How's Aunt Nancy doing?" And he goes, Do "You know, she still talks about that healing. She has not had one asthma attack. She has not had to use a puffer. She used a a puffer every day of her life for all those years. She has not had one asthma attack since 1986. She was totally and completely healed by the power of God. God is always there. God is always good. God is always wanting to heal. We just need to stay on God's side. You might be uh, listening to this, and you might be believing God for a child. Uh, You might be like my friends in Indonesia. I preached there in in Jakarta, uh, and this couple came forward, and they had not been able to have a child. They were trying for like 12 years, solid. The doctor said, you can't have a baby, I prayed for them and the power of God hit them and uh, within nine months, I get this email from Jakarta and it it says, uh, birth certificate, Daniel Edward Luther Sosento." And I go, is this a joke or what's going on here? Why is my name on a birth certificate for some baby? And then I read down there, we had our miracle. God, God blessed us with this little boy after 12 years of, of trying to have a baby, told that we can never have a baby, they, they got a baby. She got pregnant, They had a baby, and they named the little baby. I was joking, actually, when I prayed for them. I said, uh, uh, if it's a boy, this is kind of my common joke that I say a lot, but uh, I said, if it's a boy, you know, just name him Eddie or Edward or Eduardo, or, you know, and, and they not only named him Edward, they named him Edward Luther. They put my first and my last name. I was only joking, but I'm really happy for you that you got a baby. I'm really happy that they stayed on God's side. I'm really happy that God was still there, that God had not forsaken them, that God was, God is not a killjoy, though, though you might have to wait, and waiting is the hardest thing. I, I like going to Disneyland. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. There's Disneyland's all over the world, Disney World, in fact, in Florida. I I love Disneyland. I love all the rides at Disneyland. But there's one thing I don't like at Disneyland, and that's waiting in line. I like everything else, but I don't like getting in line and waiting an hour or more for a five-minute ride. And sometimes when we're waiting on God, it just seems like, this line is so long. Everybody else is getting their miracle first. This is taking too long. My patience is running out. I want it now. I want it fast, kind of like going through the drive through at McDonald's or something. Give it to me now. Give it the way I want it. And, and you can't do that with God. God is God. God is absolutely working the best out for you. And you cannot see all the things that God sees you can't see all the variables you can't see even right now with this broadcast it's amazing because our vision the vision of our church is to grace the nations now grace just means this it means the divine ability of god grace the number 4 grace is 5 it's the hand of god the five fingers of god stretched out god's power stretched out to you and and, and you might be in the philippines in fact Uh, Welcome to you, and I know so many people are following us and have tapped into this from India, the Philippines, from all over the world. Now, that wasn't happening a few weeks ago before this virus hit. In fact, we were preaching to our congregation here. Now the room is empty, Uh, except for a couple camera guys. God bless you guys. You do count. Uh, But, you know, we were preaching to our own right here on the Sunshine Coast, and now We've we've seen tens of thousands. Actually, the other week it was over 80,000 people that dialed in to this to this uh, videocast overseas in India and Philippines and Mexico and America. God bless America. Some of my relatives over there. Shout out to you guys and, and uh, you know all over the place. And and, and that is because God had a plan. It was a script that I could not have written. I I, I spent years with this vision, about 30 years, uh, 32 years actually, since we started the church, thinking, grace the nations. It's a little bit like Abraham. You're gonna be the father of many nations. And he hasn't even had a child yet. <laughs> God changes his name from uh, exalted father to Abraham, from Abram to Abraham father of many or father of a multitude. And it's like a joke, people mocking, people, yeah, sure, that's going to happen. Sure, Nancy Walmsley, you're going to be healed of uh, of asthma. Sure, Susantos, you're going to have a little baby boy. Sure, at Luther, you're going to get married. Sure, you're going to grace the nation. Sure, 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 our God is able, our God is faithful. And if you will stay on God's side and hold on to the promise of God, hold on to hope. Keep hope in your vocabulary. It's, it's uh, something that this Easter time, you know, especially after Easter, your elevated hopes and everything went up like theirs did, Don't let that go down because of your circumstances. This is all part of God's plan, not God causing a virus, but God knows about that. God is on your side, and God will come through. You just gotta stay on that thing and and stay on God's side and keep standing on the promises of God. Amen, wherever you're at, you can say a big amen to that one. And so uh, I like the fact here, Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. They all said, I'm going to go there with you. And uh, and so uh, they, they start to turn away. But now the Bible says faith is now, not then. And uh, so where is God? He's with you right now. He's not just, just the God that's going to show up then. Faith is now. Do you know it's easier to follow the teachings of a dead teacher than to be led by a living Lord? When God calls you, to step out in faith, he doesn't usually give you a plan B. I like the story of Hernan Cortes. He was a Spanish conquistador back in 1519. And he, he goes into what's now Mexico, uh, and uh, to, not a re- really good thing, but you know, to plunder the Aztecs, basically. And, uh, and, and he and his men. But what he does, I think, is uncanny. And it's something that I've had to do Uh, and that is he he goes and he burns the ships, he burns his fleet, he sends somebody out there in a rowboat after all the men are on shore, and he torches the fleet. What was the message? Well, the message was this. There's no turning back. When you give your heart to Jesus, you decide to follow Jesus. And I've heard people say this. I'll I'll say, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes. And they go, well... Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll try it. Listen to me, friend, and listen to me very carefully. Faith in following Jesus is not something that you try. You can try a, a, a milkshake at McDonald's. You can try another form of Diet Pepsi or something like that. You, you can try a lot of things, but you don't just try following Jesus. It's a sold out, it's an all or nothing. Cortez burn the fleet, the signal was there's no turning back. There is no plan B. We're not just following teachings of a dead man called Jesus. We're following the, the, and being led by a living Lord. That's God's plan for you is that you would follow him in your life, because he is alive, he will lead you uh, not just through principles and teachings, but he will guide you through his Holy Spirit and maneuver through all the obstacles that come your way, no matter whether you're up or down or in between, God is with you, and he wants you just to be led by Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to pray for you uh, right now, and again, I, you know, I don't know where you're at with your circumstances, but God does. So wherever you're at in this world right now, you might be between a hard place and a rock, or maybe you know, you're know you at the top of that roller coaster, climbing up there, you're at the height, everything's going well. I don't really know, but God does. But I want you to know that I'm gonna pray a prayer right now. If you need healing right now, I'm gonna ask you to do something a bit unusual, but I'm just gonna ask you to stretch out your hand towards the screen that you're watching right now with. You might even touch that screen if you wouldn't mind. Just as a point of contact, I can't get physically my hand on you, but I believe in that God through the screen is going to reach you out and touch you and heal you. I see people right now with back problems. Somebody out there has a back problem. Somebody else is uh, suffering from a breathing disorder like asthma. Maybe this coronavirus has got you and you're watching this from a hospital bed. Maybe you know somebody that's got this virus. If you're allowed to go near them and show them this, uh, this message as a point of contact I'm going to believe with you that that virus has to go. That wicked thing is no match for Jesus. Jesus is the highest name in the whole of creation. At that name of Jesus, it says, there is no name given among men that is higher than the name of Jesus. At that name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Coronavirus, you got a name, you got to bow. The name of Jesus is stronger than you. Unemployment, you've got a name. You've got to bow your knee to the greater one right now that lives in thee. I want to see you employed. I I want to see you uh, get the answers of your heart. So I'm going to pray right now. Whatever your need is, if you would just meet me halfway, stretch out your faith toward the camera, toward that screen, and, and let's let God get into your world right now. Let's get into agreement together, and I want to get into agreement with you right now. So let me pray right now. You can bow your head if you want. Close your eyes if you want to. Uh, However, just get in a posture to believe right now. I want to see a miracle for you right now, and so does God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single soul that's watching right now. This is not an accident that you dialed in. This This is your divine appointment, I, I pray right now for full employment. In fact, you're going to get a raise out of this. This is not going to end in a bad way. Father, I just thank you right now. You, you promise, your word says that you shall meet all of our needs. You shall supply all of our needs according to your riches In glory, For those people that are looking for work, that are struggling financially, that are stretching out their hand of faith right now, Lord, I thank you. I take your hand right now. We get into agreement right now in the name of Jesus. You'll not just have a job. You'll have a promotion out of this in Jesus' name. I pray right now for those people that have an infirmity, any kind of sickness or disease in your body right now, any infirmity at all. I command you right now. be healed. In the name of Jesus, right now, stretch your faith out. Come on, now you receive right now. You are feeling right now the power of God is going into you. Don't, don't stop. Let the power of God flow into your body right now. He'll go right into that back. He'll go into your lungs. He'll take that headache away right now. Your knees are, are being reconstructed right now. Your ankles are growing strong right now. Those diseases, arthritis, bursitis, bursitis, respiratory diseases. I command them to leave. in Jesus. somebody in India is getting a healing right now in the name of Jesus. You take that. Somebody else in the Philippines right now in the name of Jesus, you rise up and you be healed. Somebody's screaming and yelling because you know you got your healing. You're running around your living room. Don't worry. People might think you're nuts. Don't even worry about it. Just celebrate and just enjoy it because God has just healed you in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody else, you you haven't had a, uh, been able to have a baby or fall pregnant, right now, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. Open the womb. Create a miracle. Let those people ha- be fulfilled in their life in Jesus' name. Somebody else, you're single, you've been hanging on, just do it God's way. Stay on God's side. Uh, God's going to do something for you. There'll be an appointment for you. Just hang on in Jesus' name. I thank you right now for that perfect person to come along. Well, they won't be perfect, but the right one in Jesus' name, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Father, everybody that's listening might not believe in you. You might be listening to me right now. You might be worshiping other gods. You say, oh, I don't know about that. You might be worshiping the sports god. They've let you down, haven't they, this this week? You might be worshiping the the financial god. They let you down this week. You might be worshiping something else where your attention is. Your worship has been going out to something else other than the true and living God. I want to give you a chance to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life right now. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you'd like to pray this prayer after me, I'll say say uh, uh, part of the prayer and then I'll pause and you can repeat this after me. And, uh, and, and I, I believe for power as you give your heart to Jesus Christ today. Let me pray for you. Just pray this after me. Say, dear God, I come to you just as I am. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I turn away from the old and I turn toward you. I receive your gift, your hand of grace, my salvation, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer, you got an answer to your prayer, I would really love to hear from you and the way that uh, you can Uh, Let me know what what it was that God did for you, and and so I can keep praying for you. Just to go to our website, it'll come up on the screen. It's city-church.com.au, city-church.com.au. Love to hear from you. Hey, go to our YouTube channel. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and uh, hit subscribe. Uh, we want to get more people subscribing. I'm going to come back at you uh, again next Sunday. Uh, well, Sunday here. And uh, we're going to do part two of after Easter. I'm really excited about this message coming up. You don't, you don't want to miss it. If you uh, have been watching this after, way after Easter, perhaps, uh, uh, after you know, the, the date that I delivered this, you can uh, just go straight to part two and you can watch that but you're going to be encouraged. Invite some friends to watch it with you. Share this around uh, on the different platforms. And uh, again, very, very excited that you could be part of our service today and really looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you and and keep you safe and let his hand be upon your life. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again very, very soon. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city church.net or email us your feedback at infocity at church.net.